Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. Capillary's loyalty solutions offer AI-powered, next-generational technology, making them a catalyst for enabling meaningful human connections across the globe. The platform is deep and wide, yet flexible enough to meet the needs of any company looking to take its customer loyalty to new heights. Visit capillarytech.com now to see how they can transform your loyalty future. Hello and welcome to episode 314 of Let's Talk Loyalty, an episode focused on the luxury hospitality sector, featuring one of Dubai's most iconic brands. The Jumeirah Group is a global luxury hotel company, operating a world-class portfolio of 25 properties across the Middle East, Europe and Asia. The group's hotels together operate over 85 restaurants, including three Michelin star restaurants. So, as you can imagine, I was thrilled with the opportunity to meet with Vicky Elliott, Senior Director of Insights, CRM and Loyalty for the entire Jumeirah Group. Vicky shared with me her focus on driving exceptional customer experiences using complex sources of data. In today's conversation, you'll hear the history, evolution, and some of the future plans that Vicky is focusing on to ensure that the Jumeirah One program continues to create magical experiences for the valuable guests of this ambitious Dubai-based brand. So, Vicky Elliott, welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you, Paula. Great to be here. Great. I feel like it's a long overdue conversation, Vicky. We know each other in the same circles, certainly in the loyalty world. It's the first time we've been able to sit down and have a chat about our favorite topic. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> know very well about you, Paula. And it's a pleasure to, to actually speak to you today. Fantastic, fantastic. You represent an extraordinary brand, uh, which we're going to talk about today. Jumeirah Group is something that in this part of the world, I think we're all exceptionally proud of. So we'll be dying to hear all about the, the loyalty leadership and the program that you're running. But before we get into Jumeirah One, let's first of all talk about your favorite loyalty program, Vicky, either from a personal perspective or a professional perspective. So this is quite a selfish question on my part just to kind of get get inside your head a little bit and know what uh, what makes a difference in your life. Yeah, and I think that has to be the most difficult question to answer. It's a bit like asking a chef what his favorite restaurant is and there's, there's a million reasons why yeah. um, you prefer parts of one to another. I think from a personal perspective, mm-hmm. being a busy working mum, anything that makes my life easier um, and literally serves me up what I'm looking for without me actually having to look for it, uh, wins my vote and gets my loyalty. So it's simple things like Amazon Prime or even um, 
when I'm traveling and something that gets me to the front of the, the queue or to the business check-in, yeah. uh, such as Emirates Skywoods, that, that just makes my life easier. These are the these are the programs that I tend to be more loyal to. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some that I think are aspirational and speak to my personal purpose, like a Patagonia, mm. um, for example, which doesn't really have a program as such, but it's more loyalty driven through the through the brand purpose. And and that's yeah. really a new twist on loyalty that's um that's really coming to the forefront, especially post-pandemic, which is an interesting angle as well. For sure, for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. I think in different parts of the world, um, sustainability has become, you know, an extremely important topic. But I will say to varying degrees, I feel like, for example, in in Europe, it seems to be a much more dominant part of the conversation, uh, particularly when, uh, you know, when we talk about airline loyalty programs, there's there's a lot of discussion there. And it's quite controversial, in fact. Um, But yes, I think a brand like Patagonia, does create that emotional loyalty without the need for points, discounts, prizes, like it's so on purpose. And it's one of the reasons I suppose I love on this show that we don't talk, you know, let's talk loyalty programs. We talk about the outcome of loyalty and the emotion. So, so thank you for those examples. Um, And I agree everyone in this uh, city, I think is a member of, of Skywards if we're flying out of Dubai airport. And of course, Amazon Prime is an amazing product um, here in the Middle East as it is in other markets. So we're off to a fantastic start. And as I said, we're here to talk about um, this incredible luxury loyalty brand, uh, luxury hospitality brand to be more correct. So just to give people an introduction, Vicky, because again, a lot of people listening around the world might not know the Jumeirah Group themselves, um, given where the, the hotels are based. So will you just introduce Jumeirah Group to us first and foremost, and then we'll talk about loyalty? Yes, absolutely. So Jumeirah Group is uh, a homegrown Dubai national champion. We've now got over 25 hotels, um, luxury properties around the world in the Middle East, Europe and Asia. Um, I think most people are quite familiar with Burj Al Arab here in mm-hmm. Dubai. Mm-hmm. Um, so they probably recognize it as being an icon of the city. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the Jumeirah group as well. Yeah. We also have our lavish Arabian palaces at um, Madinat Jumeirah. And yeah. then we have the Dolce Vita on the island of Capri, Maldives, and three hotels across China as well. So it's it's a diverse product. Um, we are continuing to grow um, mm. as... Uh, Every year we, we bring on new hotels, new properties, most recent ones being in Bahrain and Maldives. Mm-hmm. And really our, our brand pillars are all about service beyond expectations, yeah. um, driving those unforgettable moments and authentic um, destination dining experiences as well as uh, as well as, as well as of course our award-winning um architecture and design. Totally, totally. And restaurants as well, Vicky. I was looking on your website, yes. of course, in preparation today. So uh, tell us a bit about the the dining experiences at Jumeirah Group. Yeah, so we have uh, a lot of award-winning homegrown concepts, including Sal, Cato, Shimmers, Almari, Pierre Chic and French Riviera. French Riviera, just to name a few. Um, and we've also now got uh, three Michelin star restaurants in our group, having with Michelin having just launched in Dubai last year as well. So totally. we have, uh, yeah, we have Al Muntara 
obviously at the top of the Burj Al Arab, which is uh, yeah. our Michelin star in the, in the city. Yeah, totally, totally. And if anyone doesn't recognize the name, Vicky, I'll just explain that Burj Al Arab is the world's only seven star hotel. It is, as you said, visually iconic. Uh, a lot of people would instantly know the the, the visual. Um, so, of course, we'll be linking to your website anyway in the show notes for this. So it's a, it's a spectacular hotel. And I did get the opportunity, would you believe? Um, it's one of those, you know, I suppose, random, you know, dare I say it, opportunities created by COVID where it was more affordable to stay and do a staycation mm-hmm. in Burj Al Arab. Normally it would be out of my price range, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, because my wedding had been postponed actually by a year on the day that should have been my wedding day, we went and stayed in Burj Al Arab as a spectacular oh, way to, to to celebrate. So I'm a huge fan of the Jumeirah Group. Um, and even actually, I was living in Dubai when the very first hotel opened in 1997. So I feel like I've grown up a little bit in Dubai with the, with the brand. So yes, celebrating our 25 years. It's incredible. It's absolutely wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Plenty going on. So tell us about the journey with loyalty, Vicky, then for the Jumeirah Group over that 25 year history. Yes, so Jumeirah um, launched a loyalty program almost just after the birth of Jumeirah Beach Hotel. Um, So I think it was in 2004, they launched the Sirius program, um, which is very much a one hotel program uh, designed to give rewards to customers coming into into that particular property. And as the brand's grown, the program's grown. So we relaunched the program in 2015 to Jumeirah Sirius, so bringing in the brand name to sit alongside the program name, uh, mm-hmm. especially as we grew the, which was very important, especially as the, we grew the brand around the world. And then in 2020, um, we didn't know COVID was coming, but it was actually pretty good timing because we relaunched again to Jumeirah One program. And the main reason behind that was we were taking advantage of um, much more agile loyalty technology platforms that take us away from the legacy legacy systems that we have previously, which are predominantly for accounting purposes, yeah. and being able to deliver rewards and recognition in real time and yeah. better integrations with our systems um, throughout our properties and really being able to deliver um, insights to our colleagues around the world about who our, our top guests were. Yeah, yeah. Well, congrats on that because a rebrand can be painful, uh, you know, at the best of times. You know, I've been through it myself, <laughs> leading on a couple of those, a, a technology architecture replacement. And I do think particularly in the travel industry, Vicky, um, we're almost, uh, you know, dare I say it, like we suffer from legacy systems because we're early adopters, I guess, because hotels Mm -hmm. have had loyalty platforms and programs for so long. So it's inevitable that you do have to go through this re-architecting type process. So sounds like 2020 was um, was a really big deal. And I know you're with the Jumeirah Group over eight years, Vicky. So you obviously led through all of those changes yourself, did you? I did. Yes. Yes. So it was, it was especially the 2020 was quite an eventful and challenging, yet very rewarding experience. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. So how what is the proposition then currently? So, you know, guests staying at Jumeirah hotels, as we said, there's there's 25 properties around the world. So how is the program structure, the Jumeirah One Loyalty Program? 
So Jamara 1, we have four tier levels. That's a tiered program. Um, we have a base entry level. Then obviously you move up to silver, gold and platinum, um, depending on the amount you spend with us throughout the year. Uh, we offer a variety of benefits whilst you're staying in the hotel, but mm -hmm. it can also be when you just come to dine with us or spa with us without actually having an overnight stay. We have a host of partners that we also interact with, and that's something um, we are always looking to expand on as well. Nice. And um, yeah, and we introduced... I think it's about four or five years ago now, our reward store online. So we're mm. able to be relevant and provide choice and redemption options to our members, even when they're not necessarily able to get to one of our properties. Obviously, we've still got quite a small footprint. Yeah. Um, so when they go back to the USA, for example, where we don't have a property, they're still able to keep engage with the brand. It's one way of doing that. So yeah, um, yeah and I, I think it's... As the program is now evolving with Jumeirah One, it's more about delivering um, recognition on property, the surprise and delight, elevating the experience, the Jumeirah experience for mm. our members um, mm. by what they've told us about themselves. Okay. Uh, and then being able to deliver things that are only Jumeirah can deliver. I mean, who else can deliver a helipad photo shoot on the Burj Al Arab, for example? Spectacular. So. <laughs> Totally, totally, yeah. And just before we get into, I suppose, um, you know, the the extraordinary experiences, because I know that's a core part of your proposition. Mm -hmm. You mentioned your reward store there, Vicky, and I love that proposition. Um, and and I'd love to know how it's going. I'm sure you can't give us, you know, too much detail, but. First of all, is it an earn and burn proposition, like a full affiliate program in terms of earning Jumeirah points if you shop online and redeem online? Or is it is it more on the reward side? Um, so it started out more on the reward side. So it was really an opportunity for our uh, members to be able to to use their points even when they're not staying with us um, and in their everyday life. Um, and But last year, we also launched with a, a proposition with the same with the same provider mm. where members can go on to certain um, online stores and they can collect and redeem points and or part paying points on on those on those websites as well so we, we have extended that proposition out yeah and we've also they've also got the very bespoke um, platform called deserved which allows our members, our tiered members to be able to go in and have exclusive access to um, special offers or events or experiences with some of the high, very high-end luxury retail brands, mm. which you wouldn't normally, which you wouldn't normally have access to, and they yeah. don't, they don't promote themselves in that way uh, mm. in public because obviously that's that's not what's their totally. brand is all about yeah 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 it's all about the exclusivity and and I love that so I'm it's great to hear that you've managed to got, get that earn side as well for the currency uh, and I, I definitely believe in the travel loyalty space we're perfectly positioned I suppose to to leverage those online stores and the opportunity to drive that engagement in between you know my opportunity to stay at a Jumeirah Group Hotel so mm -hmm. um, so a really nice strategy and it's been around for a few years you've said so so would you say it's going well I tend to feel 
in my experience, it takes, I think, a while for members to understand the first time, like the, the education process, I feel, can take some time. But then once they've done it once, I kind of feel like it accelerates and the engagement really grows quite quickly because it's kind of like, well, if I'm going to shop online anyway, I might as well get my Jumeirah points, for example, um, through the particular way that you would guide their journey. So do you have that same experience or what's your view on, on its role in your overall kind of strategy? Yeah, absolutely. I think definitely the reward story in terms of the burn proposition um, increases year on year. The earned proposition is a little bit more difficult because when you go online to some of these stores, yeah. you can forget that you've got that link up where you could, unless you go through a, a specific pathway to, to get there, that you have that link up. Okay. And you know, I've seen other brands do it with payment solutions where it's it's a, it just makes life easier. Um, and it's, it, yeah, yeah, like I said, I, I'm all about making life easier. <laughs> <laughs> there is that they consistent make it easier theme. So they can continue totally. to collect their points. But yeah, uh, and again, it depends on who you are and if that, that's of value to you or you may want to prefer, especially if you're living mm. in somewhere like Dubai where we've got plenty of um experience opportunities to use your points then uh, you may well decide that you want to go and treat yourself to um, mm. a dinner at the beach or yeah uh, yeah or a spa treatment in in one of our in like Totally. Silly Sotomans Spa or something like that. Totally. Yes. Yeah. No, I was like literally dreaming as I was on your website there. So, so <laughs> many wonderful things. Actually, what did catch my eye was the paddle tennis court. Um, yes. Down in, I believe one of the, I think it's Jumeirah Al-Nasim down in the Madinat complex. And I have been promising myself and my husband that I will go and learn to play paddle tennis because it's such a fun game and it seems to be super popular, particularly here it's in Dubai. Yes, exactly. It's so accessible to everybody. You don't have to be, you know, tennis is quite technical. Yeah. <laughs> Squash is extremely physical. Totally. And it's kind of in between the two. <laughs> there you go. I've no excuse. I've no excuse. So I wanted to ask you as well, Vicky, um, I guess what I'm curious about is, I suppose, along the lines of the internal perception of the Jumeirah One program. And, and the reason I'm, I'm curious about it is, I suppose the, the, the luxury hospitality sector really does have a very well-established, of course, loyalty industry. Um, so it is, I believe, a hygiene factor to have a loyalty program. So uh, there's absolutely no way mm. that any brand like Jumeirah would, would, would not consider having a loyalty program. But I think it has a role above and beyond that. And as loyalty professionals, I suppose we see it as being much more significant than just a hygiene factor. But I'm curious as to what your experience is within the Jumeirah group. You know, is there an awareness and an understanding of the power of a loyalty program, would you say, in terms of, you know, obviously the investment required, the time and the effort? Do Would you say that there is that understanding in the business? There's definitely the understanding in the business. And I think I am the emphasis of a loyalty program in a luxury brand, whether it's Jumeirah or um, a luxury fashion brand, whatever it might be, it's more about driving that repeat custom and that repeat business and being able to have a mechanism mm. um, to reward the customer on the basis that it's not necessarily discounts. We wouldn't put points up first either. It's there, it's behind the scenes. It's just... Mm something that 
um, needs to be there and everyone expects today. Mm. But as a luxury brand, you have to turn the magic on um, when it comes to delivering memorable moments, creating exclusivity, um, providing status. um, And and that can be... through many different ways it could be through sharing UGC it could be through gamification it could be through co-creation mm. um, and creating exclusive clubs or segments within mm. your program as well so I, I think that's I think I think that's really how we put the program across and I think also I'm, I'm trying to move away and to calling it from calling it a program and again, going back to what we said at the beginning, loyalty yeah. is something that the brand um, strives to drive forward yeah. um, across our customers. It's a two-way conversation. So we also have to show that we're generally invested in that relationship as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's really the a, a way now to differentiate ourselves from the competition is mm. being able to deliver experiences that um, only Jamera can do, oh, for example, yes. and, yeah. and creating those moments that that generate a longer lifetime value um, mm. with our customers. Yeah, yeah. I love that, actually. Um, you use the words, turn the magic on. And I think that actually is a lovely encapsulation of, of what we as loyalty professionals, I really feel that we love that that intention, this idea that we have the power to, to truly wow our members. Um, and I know with Berger for example, particularly again, as the, the most exclusive of your, of your luxury properties, there is that incredible commitment, um, and really is extraordinary in terms of the, the amount of the attention to detail. And actually just as a funny anecdote, I will say it was very unexpected and that was clearly the point. But when we did stay there in the Burj Al Arab, I did um, end up with a just a headache um, in the evening. Maybe just all the excitement and the missed wedding and everything was a bit of an emotional roller coaster for me. <laughs> but I did call um, the butler, and uh, we did have our own butler, of course, for for our suite. And I just asked if there was an aspirin uh, available, and honestly, a paramedic arrived. <laughs> I just thought, or it looked like a paramedic, but somebody with, you know, everything I could possibly need if I wasn't feeling well. It was just incredible. So that became my talking point and talk about turn the magic on. Thankfully, I wasn't ill enough to need much more than the aspirin that was in his his pack. But I mean, talk about taking exceptional care of your customers when they're not feeling up to it for some reason. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that is really where Lord loyalty becomes everybody's business and not just the few that actually work within the loyalty program and um and being able to empower and put the the data and the insights in the hands of our colleagues across the business that's relevant um for what they need to be able to do to deliver that magic uh, is really at the essence of 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 one yeah. And last time we spoke as well, Vicky, you, you briefly mentioned a data transformation, which I know is quite different to a digital transformation. It's it's obviously laser focused. So yes. I'd, I'd love for you to tell us how are you getting on with your data transformation in the Jumeirah Group? Yeah, it's long. I mean, I think anyone that goes down this path realizes it's a long term commitment. It's a long journey. Yeah, um, We have, I mean... 
I'm sure everyone listening to this is has been bombarded by a lot of the vendors out there that can offer personalization platforms, how they're going to manage your content, yeah. um, how we're going to deliver uh the best personalized experience across every customer touch point. And it's somewhat overwhelming and knowing where to start on that. So we kind of took a step back and said, all right, let's let's look at what we have currently, how that's being used, what our business user cases are for data, mm. um, align that to our business objectives, and then understand what our priorities are and if we've got any gaps that are needed to achieve that. So mm. That's kind of where where we are right now. It's doing that self-assessment analytical stage. Uh, And I think, again, like many companies, data has um, historically belonged to a certain technology platform. Um, and they yeah. were never built to speak to each other. So it's how can we how can we bring all that information together that the customers either given to us or shown us in their behavior and how they transact with us. So we mm. really know uh, who they are when they're staying with us and we're able to surprise and delight them and, mm. and take that extra step um, yeah. to make their stay with us time exceptionally well spent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's incredibly complex and you're absolutely right. Uh, none of these systems were designed to to necessarily integrate uh, with each other. Um, you know, and, and I think you used a term around, you know, the golden record, actually, which mm-hmm. I thought was a lovely, simple and easy way to, I suppose, help particularly your colleagues understand that there does have to be a single source of truth. So would it be fair to say that that's the the ultimate goal? As you said, the, 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 the journey will never be done as you build your proposition out and continue to expand. But it sounds yeah. like this golden record is is basically what you're going for. Yeah, and I think that golden record is never a finite solution. I think that continues to grow and it's understanding what attributes of that record to deliver to what parts of the business to enable them to do their job properly. They don't need everything that's there and nor do we want to share that with everyone from a a privacy perspective neither. Um, But it's just making sure that everything that we we have and we know and, and the customer would expect us to do yeah. is is um is in the hands of the right people so they to enable them to do that yeah uh, yeah in a consistent manner yeah and you mentioned uh, i know the acronym ugc or user generated content for anyone who's not familiar with it and actually i you've, i've just remembered i was talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago as well vicky and she used to work um in the reception of the burj al arab hotel and she was sharing with me some of their again i suppose um delight in in mm-hmm. using the data from jumera 1 um paying attention to any clues or hints or, or, you know, insights that they could capture and then transforming that into surprise and delight, as you've alluded to. And what she specifically said as well, which I thought was really um, insightful, was the fact that their TripAdvisor responses were were. They could they could almost, you know, immediately see the results of that attention to detail coming through in the social media content and then other guests coming in going, I saw this on TripAdvisor. I want to have the same experience in Burj Al Arab. So I thought that was incredible 
in a very tangible way, because I think we all know that we go to TripAdvisor, whether we love it or hate it, it definitely has a role to play in deciding, you know, particularly, I think, for luxury properties and hospitality. Mm -hmm. And again, maybe for people who've been saving for a long time for a special experience like mine. Um, So would that be fair to say as well, from your perspective, you can almost see the the social impact and the, the NPS scores, I guess, going up as a result of that overall data collection and the activities that come out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, we've still got a long way to go there, but um, listening to what our customers say, uh, really putting emphasis on understanding voice of customer, whether it's through surveys, whether it's through um, what they're saying on social media, the reviews that they give us, um, bringing all of that together and being able to tie it back to the experience that they've had and taking learnings from that yeah. um, to either res- respond to them, uh, enhance their future stay, or yeah. just improve our products and services moving forward for, for other guests as well. It's, it's incredibly important. For sure, for sure. And that actually leads perfectly to to my last question for you, Vicky. And that is about, you know, the future, um, you know, specifically, I suppose, for loyalty. There's a lot of conversation, as we know, around all the cool new technologies that Web 3.0 is bringing whether it's the metaverse or, you know, NFTs, for example. I was reading some of the the posts that you reshared on LinkedIn as well. So I think we're all familiar that Starbucks is, you know, hopefully bringing some mainstream yeah. understanding of some of these technologies in, um, at least in 2023. I don't think they've launched anything particularly other than announcing them at the moment. So have you any thoughts in terms of where Web 3.0 um, is something that could be a use case within Jumeirah Group or is it not something you've explored as yet? Um, I think generically and not speaking uh, as Jumeirah as such, but I think there's um, definitely, uh, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, It's very much the unknown, um, Mm -hmm. who's there and who's engaging in in that environment is still, um, is still to be discovered. And what I liked particularly about the Starbucks is that they're slowly taking the everyday person like myself uh, into the 3.0 environment without us really knowing and without us really realizing that, that we've stepped across that that virtual threshold. Yeah. And um, a lot of other luxury brands like Louis Vuitton, they've started doing gamification in there. Mm. Uh, I think knowing where to be in the metaverse, knowing what you should be doing in the metaverse, I think it's, there's going to be a lot of um, testing and yeah. it, it, it's an interesting space to keep an eye on, that's for sure. Yeah, yes. Well, with that said, I think we will have to stay in touch closely with you, Vicky, and uh, see where the Jumeirah Group and Jumeirah One program goes, certainly as uh, as Web 3.0 gets a bit more sophisticated. Um, so that's all of the questions I have from my side, Vicky. Um, really fascinating to hear all of your thinking, your focus on the data transformation, which is clearly the, the focus for the moment in terms of delivering that, um, you know, opportunity to turn the magic mm-hmm. on, as you've said. So are there any other points that you wanted to mention in our conversation today? I don't think so. I think, I think the key part about um, taking data and all the data that we have 
about our customers that we can bring in externally from external sources, whether it's our brand health tracker, understanding trends um, and delivering that insight across the business. I think we need, we also need to look at, we've typically looked at results. Okay, what's our redemption rate look like? How's my revenue doing? But I think we need to start peeling back those layers. The KPIs mm-hmm. might look good. Yeah. Um, but is there an underlying trend in a particular market or with a particular customer segment that's either showing an opportunity, something we've missed, something that we could build on? Yeah. And then always, ask, always asking that, so what? What does it mean for the customer? And I think loyalty programs have historically being very business centric and yeah. moving them across to that customer centricity it's mm-hmm. going to take a long time it's going to take a it's quite a journey to do yeah. um but yeah i think with the ai technology predictive analysis and everything else that we have at our fingertips today yeah when we're when we're in a position to be able to um deliver on that accurately i think i think it opens a whole new world for loyalty as well yeah. and put and it puts a different spin on loyalty as well it's not all about points and programs and benefits and yeah yeah it, yeah. it becomes across all customer touch points and yeah. all colleagues across the business yeah for sure, for sure. You're absolutely right. Uh, the, the so what question is is absolutely critical. And I know you're really focused on, on, you know, extracting the insights from the data. It's no point collecting the data unless you actually do manage to get something that's useful. Um, so, yes, mm-hmm. some, some wonderful opportunities and insights there. And with that said, I suppose the final thing I wanted to make sure that our listeners are aware of is this very exciting new feedback opportunity that we're we're going to have for people to talk and and I suppose you know let you know and let me know their thoughts on this conversation um and you already mentioned it as well earlier Vicky in terms of Jumeirah one is a two-way conversation and now let's talk loyalty is is a two-way conversation so for anyone who hasn't seen it already Within the show notes for this episode, after the links, obviously, to Vicky's LinkedIn profile and and to the Jumeirah Group website, you'll see a link that's just called Feedback Link. And if you click that, and I mean anywhere, it could be an Apple podcast, it could be in Spotify, it could be on our website, um, you can literally type in free format text, any kind of thoughts for, for myself and Vicky any questions you have for us. And you can also even do a voice note. So there's a super way. Again, it's really easy. So I know Vicky's going to be very impressed with how easy we've made it. Um, And you can even, you don't need to download any apps and you can put your name there or you can leave it anonymously. So totally up to you. And we will look forward to having a two-way conversation and hearing people's feedback on uh, the Jumeirah One program. So with that said, I really enjoyed the conversation, Vicky. Uh, Definitely want to make sure that we come back and do it again from time to time. So Vicky Elliott, Senior Director of Insights, CRM and Loyalty at Jumeirah Group. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you, Paula. This show is sponsored by The Loyalty People, a global strategic consultancy with a laser focus on loyalty, CRM and customer engagement. The Loyalty People work with clients in lots of different ways, whether it's the strategic design of your loyalty program or a full service, including loyalty project execution. 
and they can also advise you on choosing the right technology and service partners. On their website, the Loyalty People also runs a free global community for loyalty practitioners. And they also publish their own loyalty expert insights. So for more information and to subscribe, check out theloyaltypeople.global. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.